Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to The Pastor's Study. This week I was driving down a street in Minneapolis and I passed a conservative Lutheran church that had the sign in front of it that said, we don't change the message, the message changes us. Further down the street was a liberal Lutheran church. They had on their marquee, everybody is a child of God. Now, wait a minute. Is everybody a child of God? We're all God's creatures. He made everybody. But is everybody God's child? You know what Jesus said to the Pharisees in John chapter 8? You are of your father, the devil. The apostle Paul in Ephesians 2 said, we used to be like the rest of mankind, children of God's wrath. And Paul teaches we become a child of God in, Genesis, in Galatians 3 when we have faith in Christ. Through faith in Christ, you have become children of God. So, no, not everybody on the planet is a child of God. Today, I want to do what's called a heresy update. I kind of keep track of how crazy it can become in some liberal denominations. And today I want to share with you a heresy update. All this is fresh heresy, new things that are happening that should cause you to pray for the denominations. I'm going to share four heresies with you today. Let's pray first. Father, we do pray for the church. So many Christian churches are departing from Scripture. And I would pray, Lord, we pray for everyone watching this show, that you'll help them follow you and not the world that the church will follow you and not the world. So we ask you to speak to us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Heresy number one today is called <coughs> universalism. The heresy of universalism. Universalism teaches that everybody goes to heaven. Everybody universally goes to heaven. Jews, Hindus, Buddhists, atheists, the devil, everybody ends up in heaven. Let me give you a recent example of universalism. The New England Synod of the Liberal Evangelical Lutheran Church in America passed this resolution recently. And they're passing it on to the national church, trying to get this through the national church. Whereas the current wording of the ELCA Lutheran Constitution is, quote, bringing out, excuse me, reaching out to all people to bring them to faith in Christ, and that can too easily be heard to narrow the definition, whereas the scriptures have no single teaching about the relationship between people of the covenant, Christians, and those who practice other religions, whereas Martin Luther's theology of the cross calls into question all human efforts to speak with certitude about the pathways to God, Luther didn't think Jesus was the only way of salvation? Reread Luther. This is nonsense. And therefore, here we go. 
whereas in the uh, light of growing positive, rich, multi-faith engagement in the 21st century, we've come to a new humility about the question of God's relation to other religions. In other words, who are we to say Buddha doesn't save? Therefore, be it resolved, the New England Synod memorializes the ELCA to amend the phrase, quote, bring all people to faith in Christ. They want to get that out of the Constitution. They want to get rid of evangelizing the lost. Ay, ay, ay. Um, and you know, that, that hasn't passed yet. Pray that it doesn't. But you know what? Last year, the ELCA nationally did pass. They passed a resolution about Native American people that from now on we will do, quote, accompaniment instead of missionary endeavors to them. Do you get that? So now we're not supposed to evangelize Native American people. We're just supposed to accompany them. Well, <laughs> what do we say to this? How, what's our response? Our response is John 14, 6, where Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to me, comes to the Father except through me, period. Our response is Acts chapter 4, verse 12. The apostles say, there is no other name given under heaven among men by which we must be saved than the name of Christ. And yes, you do have to believe in Christ to be saved. In Acts 16, the, the soldier said, Paul, what must I do to be saved? He responded, believe in the Lord Jesus and you shall be saved. Do you know Jesus' last words on earth? Go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations. Well, I guess not if you're a ELCA Lutheran in the New England Synod. This is tragic. So, <laughs> I go to a Missouri Synod Lutheran church sometimes, but uh, the, the one I go to has finally stopped doing this, but they used to use the ELCA Lutheran prayers that they assigned for the Sundays. A few years ago, we prayed for manatees. Last Sunday... Uh, the ELCA prayed for wolverines and other endangered species. Well, okay, I'm not saying it's wrong to pray for animals, but you know what is wrong? I have never heard the ELCA in their formal prayers pray for the unborn. And you know why they don't, I think? Because the ELCA will pay for abortions with offering dollars in health care plans for their pastors and their 16-year-old daughters. So, of course, they're not going to pray for the unborn. You know, another prayer I've never heard in the ELCA Lutheran prayers, Lord, today we pray for the lost, that they will come to saving faith in Christ. They'll pray for manatees, but they won't pray for lost human beings. Why? I think whoever's putting these prayers together, I'm guessing, probably is a universalist. Everybody's going to make it, so let's pray for wolverines. Second heresy, syncretism. Syncretism means you take all the religions and mix them together because don't we all really believe the same thing? I uh, live not too far from Advent Lutheran Church in Osseo, Minnesota. It's a suburb of Minneapolis. Recently, Osseo Lutheran Church had a service called, quote, Celebrating Our Oneness in the Divine, an Interfaith Evening of Peace. And the pastor of Advent gave out this invitation. Are you growing weary of all the us-them rhetoric going on? The Creator God, the one source that flows in and through everything and everyone. When your soul encounters division rooted in fear, its energy is lowered and diminished. You can feel this within you. It responds this way because it intuitively knows that we are all one. 
And so Muslims, Hindus, Lutherans, and some Catholics came to celebrate our oneness together. Well, let me here's here's the thought. <laughs> when the Apostle Paul referred to the other gods of Greek and Roman religion, he didn't think they were different names. Zeus and Hermes and Diana are not different names for Jesus. He said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 20, the, the gods that the heathens worship are demons. They're not different forms of Jesus. They're demons. And Christians were not pantheists. God does not move in and every through every religion. Pantheism teaches God is everything and everything is God. Buddhists and Hindus can be pantheists, not Christians. We believe God art in heaven. He's separate from his creation. Um, but, you know, I had the misfortune of going to Advent Lutheran Church where this took place a few years ago. The pastor got up during the sermon. He puts a photo on the screen of Meher Baba. Meher Baba was an Indian guru who taught that he was an avatar, that he was an incarnation of God. No, no, for Christians, there's one time God became a man in Jesus, not in Meher Baba. And this was a Lutheran church. Now, what do we say to all this? What do we say to syncretism? Here's our response to syncretism. Thou shalt have no other gods. The first commandment from Exodus chapter 20, you shall have no other gods. You don't put them all together. You know what got the ancient Jews in trouble in the Old Testament? They always worshiped Jehovah God, but then they'd add Baal, or they'd add Asherah, and they just added all the gods, and they'd worship all of them. That's what got Israel destroyed. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 6, What harmony has Christ with the devil? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? So if you're an ELCA Lutheran, some of your money goes to print the national magazine called Living Lutheran. They're very liberal in that Living Lutheran magazine. And recently they, pro they printed a glowing article called out of many, one God, highlighting a Lutheran church that lets the Muslims come in and worship Allah in their Lutheran church. And, and the, the point was, this, this is wonderful. And, and so what do we say when people say, well, Buddhists, uh, Muslims, Jews, Christians, they all worship the same God. Here's our response. Yes, they all worship one God, Islam, Christianity, and Judaism are monotheistic religions. Hinduism isn't. They believe in thousands of gods in Hinduism. But yes, Muslims, Christians, and Jews worship one God, but it's not the same one God. As a Christian, I believe Jesus is God. For a Muslim, believing that Jesus is God is high heresy. So how do we believe in the same God? As a Christian, I believe in one God and three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Jews don't believe in the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So how is it we're worshiping the same God? It doesn't work. Heresy number three, <clears throat> denying Christ's substitutionary atonement. Let me share this now. Dr. David Losey was the president of Lutheran Theological Seminary of Philadelphia. As the Lutheran ELCA Lutheran Church becomes more and more heretical, more and more people are leaving, and the denomination is shrinking, the money is shrinking, so now some of the ELCA seminaries are having to merge. So that seminary went away and, and, and merged with another one. Sadly, 
Dr. David Losey now has become the senior pastor of the second largest ELA, ELCA church in the country, Mount Olivet in Minneapolis. He wrote an ARF article, a horrible article for the liberal Huffington Post, and the article was called, Is God Angry at You? A Good Friday Reflection. And he poo-poos what is called the substitutionary atonement of Christ. Uh, liberals think that's, to say that Jesus was punished for our sins, that would be God the Father practicing divine child abuse on his son. Well, I want to tell you, can you deny, I mean, the teaching that we're sinners, we deserve the wrath of God. God became a man, lived the perfect life we couldn't, so he could take the punishment for our sins, so we can be forgiven. That's central to the Christian life. And, and here's my response to those who deny the, the, the atonement of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul writes, I remind you, Corinthians, the gospel by which you are saved. Those things of first importance, that Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead. Can you deny that Jesus died in our place for our sins and even be a Christian? If you doubt that the New Testament teaches that Jesus died in our place for our sins, get a book by Leon Morris called The Cross in the New Testament. He takes you through all the references. There are many that talk about Christ saving us from the wrath of God by his death. Fourth heresy. Heresy on moral issues. A few years ago on this show, I read a sermon that a lady from northern Minnesota sent me. She said, Pastor Brock, my pastor preached this in our pulpit. In the sermon, it's his coming out sermon. He talks about how wonderful it is that God has led him to a male partner, and my male partner and I are going to get married. And I, I'm going to say it again. I've said it many times. This ain't my grandma's Lutheran church. So, the ELCA Lutheran church pays for abortions with offering dollars, abortion for any reason. When you put money in the plate, that can pay your pastor's health care, and they'll pay for abortion for any reason. Last year, the ELCA decided something new. They're also going to start paying for sex change operations with your offering dollars. <clears throat> Recently, I took a nostalgia walk through my seminary. I went to what's now an ELCA seminary, Luther Seminary in St. Paul, Minnesota. And I, I took a walk just for nostalgia's sake, picked up the student newspaper called the Concord at Luther Seminary. Now when I graduated Luther Seminary back in 1979, it was liberal, but today it's radically liberal. The front page article is written by a gay seminarian and he says this, I came out to my parents as gay. All were incredibly supportive of me as I began the process of living into this new identity and discovering my newfound, holy, authentically God-created self. In other words, God made me gay. I began to realize that the love and support I had received is by no means universal in the ELCA. Not everybody in the ELCA believes in gay sex yet. I simply have been betrayed by the same church that I have grown up in. It has hurt me, and I will not stand for it. This is a future pastor. Let's talk about it. In 2009, when the ELCA Lutherans voted to ordain practicing homosexuals, the agreement was that they will respect everybody, quote, 
bound conscience. If you're a conservative and you think gay sex is wrong, then it's wrong. If you're a liberal and you think uh, uh, gay sex is fine, then it's fine. We're going to respect everybody's bound conscience. What has happened since 2009 and the following years? The Lutheran magazine, the national magazine, has glowing article after article highlighting a gay pastor or a transgender pastor, and they won't allow the other point of view. If you have a conservative viewpoint, on homosexuality, you will not find it in the National ELCA official magazine. In fact, I have a friend that wrote them wanting to put an ad in to the Living Lutheran magazine about his ministry helping people out of homosexuality. The editor wrote back saying, we're not going to print that. <sighs> on the cover of the most recent Living Lutheran magazine is a 15-year-old girl she won a Google contest in which she drew a picture of all religious people, LGBT pride people, and gender non-conforming people with their arms around each other. And this 15-year-old Lutheran girl says, diversity is a beautiful thing. So they're enlisting 15-year-olds to push their cause in the national magazine. You know, not too many years ago, the Lutheran church taught 15-year-olds, you wait till you're married to have sex. You don't have, if you're a woman, you don't have sex with a woman. Well, today they kind of reward people who are willing to endorse the gay lifestyle and put them on the cover, a 15-year-old girl on the cover of the national magazine. Around the country every summer, gay pride parades now have some ELC Lutherans marching with Hope Lutheran Church, uh, not my old Hope Lutheran, but, but the liberal Lutheran churches around the country. Do you know that the ELCA bishop in Southern California is a practicing homosexual with a husband, and he's ridden in, guy, in, in a gay pride parade before? And listen to this. Last year, the ELCA came out with a new religious uh, worship materials to do gay weddings. Who put the religious materials together? The head of worship for the entire ELCA Lutheran Church, who's a practicing homosexual who has a husband. And listen to what pastors now can say when they're marrying two men. Quote, I'm quoting the official ELCA materials. God joins this celebration, pouring out the Holy Spirit to bless your marriage. That's blasphemy. And you know what Elizabeth Eaton, the head bishop of the ELCA, said about these materials? They are, quote, faithful. Well, what's our response to all this? My response is, I'm just going to quote Paul the Apostle, Philippians chapter 3, verse 19. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. And I'm going to quote an ELCA uh, woman pastor, quote, gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, queer, intersex, asexual, two-spirit people are good and holy and made in the image of God. Our lives and our loves are good and holy. Our loves, in other words, gay sex is good and holy, says this Lutheran pastor. Here's another tragedy. Here's a Lutheran ELCA pastor who has a 10-year-old boy who thinks he's a girl, so now they're dressing him as a girl, and during a worship service at his church, they had everybody come up and they surrounded the, the boy dressing as a girl. They gave her her new forever name, and they named her a girl and gave her, gave her a feminine name. No, that's a boy. Don't do that to this poor, confused boy. And, and studies show that most of them grow out of it anyway, but this is just evil, and it's going on in the church. 
In fact, last Lent, you know, you put the black ashes on, on Ash Wednesday to symbolize repentance. Some liberal Lutherans put glitter in the ashes to symbolize solidarity with homosexuality. Well, and, and, and I'm saying, I'm, I'm a Lutheran, so I'm, I'm hitting the ELCA Lutheran. The same garbage is going on in the United Church of Christ, the Episcopal Church in the United States, the Presbyterian Church USA, and in the Methodist, United Methodist Church. In fact, the Presbyterian Church recently hosted a Planned Parenthood rally inside the church celebrating the work of this abortion provider, Planned Parenthood. Those are the recent heresies that I wanted to put before you. Now, I'm going to close this part of the show by asking, what do we do? If you go to one of these churches, what do you do? Three thoughts. Number one, read your Bible. Whoops. Read your Bible daily for yourself. Don't say, well, my pastor's been to seminary. He says abortion is okay. No, no, no. Read for yourself. Does God say thou shalt not kill or not? Read the Bible for yourself. Don't trust that your pastor's been to seminary. Your pastor may have been to seminary, but if he's not believing the scripture, you believe this, not your pastor. Second thing I encourage you to do, join a Bible-believing church. <laughs> you know, if you go to an ELC Lutheran church, Presbyterian Church USA, the United Church of Christ, when you put money in the plate, that can go now to pay for an abortion. So go to another church where you can joyfully give your money. Join a good Bible-believing church. And then the last thing I will say, pray for the church. Pray for the church. I, I, on Saturdays is when I normally have my prayer time, and I pray for the church worldwide, that the churches that are honoring God's word will grow. Those that dishonor it will repent, and if they won't repent, that they'll shrink. But the people will get into other churches instead. Pray for the church, and I'll just close with this. A woman became a Christian, and somebody at the office said, well, what's the difference now between you and me now that you believe in Christ? And the lady said, one letter. You love the world. I love the word. Would you pray for the church? Lord, when the church becomes indistinguishable from the world, Lord, no. Lord, please, may the church get back to loving the word and not the world. Amen. Welcome to the portion of the pastor's study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. Pastor Tom, this program is just overwhelming to me and hard to understand how our churches have come to this point. Mm -hmm. So I guess my first question to you has to be, how did the church get to this point? Yeah, you know, Jackie, up until about 1970, 1980, all the churches believed abortion is wrong, homosexual behavior is wrong, Jesus is the only way to heaven. Christ did die on the cross in our place for our sins. Christ did physically, literally rise from the dead. And now a lot of these churches have pastors that preach the opposite. And what exactly happened? Well, in the 1920s or so, liberal theology started being taught in the seminaries of Germany. 
and Americans would go to sit under the feet of Rudolf Bultmann or some of these big supposedly intellectual types, come back to America, start teaching in seminaries. This, the, the, you know, the old frog in the kettle analogy that you slowly heat up the, the water and the frog doesn't know it, he gets boiled. But if you throw him in the hot water, he'll jump out. Well, this was a very slow boil. And when I was graduating seminary in 1979, we already had professors denying at my seminary that Jesus was born of a virgin. Today, according to my, the person I know, way over half of the people at the seminary that I graduated from of the professors believe in the virgin birth of Christ. So it was a slow boil. I think a lot of it started with liberal theology in Germany affecting the liberal Lutheran teaching here, or being promoted in the Lutheran teaching here. Well, as Christians, shouldn't we love homosexuals and all people and welcome them into our church? Uh, indeed we should. Jackie, I have same-sex attraction. That's a temptation I've struggled with most of my life. So yes, no matter what your sin is, no matter what your struggle is, of course we invite everyone, we love everyone, but my question is when you welcome homosexuals or uh, people who had an abortion or people living together with their uh, fornicating partner, what do we welcome them to? We welcome them to repentance and faith in Christ. That is, we say we love you, but you know, you shouldn't be living with your girlfriend if you're not married. First Corinthians 6 says fornicators don't go to heaven. And you're living with, you're, you're a man and you're having sex with a man. You know, the Bible says, First Corinthians 6, homosexual. So lovingly, we welcome them to repentance and faith. We don't welcome them to what the liberal church is telling. You go ahead and do whatever you want. God loves you. Go ahead. How do churches handle that? I mean, if they're going against scripture mm -hmm. and allowing these people to participate and they're giving them Holy Communion mm -hmm. and everything, mm -hmm. all of the gifts. Yeah. Um, and it's Jackie, it's worse than that. Now the people serving you Holy Communion can be promoting abortion and having a gay sex partner. Now the pastors can do that. Whatever happened to repentance? See, I don't know what God's gonna do with the church. It's just, uh, the good news, Jackie, the churches that are going that direction are shrinking and dying. The churches that hold to Scripture are the ones that are growing. Okay, that you just raised the question that I have for you. Are there any good denominations yeah. that we can recommend? You know, I would tell you uh, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, that's the, the conservative branch of Lutheranism. The Lutheran Church called the Association of Free Lutheran Church, that's a good church. If you're a uh, Presbyterian, the Presbyterian Church USA is the liberal one. You want to leave that one and join the Presbyterian Church in America. Uh, there, so there are good uh, alternatives for those that need to leave an erring denomination. We've only got less than a minute left, but I want to know, have any denominations gone heretic? Heretical. Heretical. Uh -huh. And come out of it you know, and gone back? It's very rare, but there are two. The Missouri Synod Lutherans were getting liberal in the 1970s, and they cleaned house, and now it's conservative. The Southern Baptists years ago were getting kind of liberal. They cleaned house, and now they're conservative again. So it rarely happens, but those are two instances. God bless those people that got it to happen for <laughs> two. But when you think of all the others that are still continuing, what is God going to do? What is he? I, don't know. I mean, we we all deserve his wrath mm -hmm. because we're not fighting for it maybe yeah. strong enough to get rid of yeah. this. But now we have a professor uh, uh, that I talked about who doesn't believe that the wrath of God is something we need to be concerned about. Well, thanks for joining us this <laughs> week. We pray that God will be with you this week, granting you his richest blessings until we're together again next time.
Thank you for watching the Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write the Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always.